0: Rejection most times is the redirection we need to unlock our truest potential. Life puts us in some uncomfortable and unexpected situations despite our efforts and plans. So how do we look at failures as opportunities? How do we deal with life's uncertainties, identify some losses as wins, all while not labeling ourselves as total losers or failures? You'll find out right here on Redirection with Terry Carell. hi everyone hi tk tribe how are you welcome to another episode of the redirection with terry carrell podcast it is so good to always have you thank you very much for the feedback i know i think i'm in agreement with all of you when i say every time you think an episode couldn't get better guess what happens it absolutely does and i think it is smashing that we've been able to get some really phenomenal people different backgrounds different experiences different stories very relatable stories that i think will resonate with a lot of you if you're just joining us for the very first time you stumble upon you know across me um, it's a pleasure to to meet you i am terry carrell reed and this particular podcast is brought to you by mastercard in association with heineken 00 with mastercard even though we're speaking about redirection and rejection and resistance and resistance, we also want to remind you that you must always be grateful for those priceless moments. And of course, Heineken Zero Zero. Same great taste, zero alcohol, now you can. I just want to give a big shout out to Tony Aiken, probably popping up somewhere around my head. That is my sign language interpreter, and she's going to be holding it down for the deaf community. Thank you so very much to Toyota Jamaica for sponsoring that facilitation. And in case you haven't noticed, look at my fantastic set. Thank you, spaces. And before I actually get into who we'll be interviewing um, today. What I want to also tell you is, I just wanted to give a big shout out to Commercial Concepts, um, Concepts. They are the ones behind the production, behind the shots, behind the movement, behind the looks, behind the quality. They were with me when I launched my book. They were with me for my book video. They were with me for my audiobook announcement. And it was only fitting that they would be uh, my partners, my production partners, for season two of the Redirection with Terry Carell podcast. So good to have them. If you want to get to know me a little bit more, you can find me at Terry Carell across all social media platforms. And don't be afraid to go visit my website, terrycarell.com. More information is there. Uh, Have the conversations happening in your community, in your space. Please go ahead and use the hashtag #TKRedirection. So the question, who's coming next? Punchinella, little fella. Everybody knows that song or am I too old? Come on now, I know you guys know that song. Sing it with me. Coming next to the redirection seat is uh, a lovely woman who I had the pleasure of working for and meeting and there was something that she said that was so profound. If you want to find someone who is the epitome of resilience in the face of in the face of rejection, if you want to meet someone who has been graceful and gracious in all the redirections of her life, trust me, you do not want to miss this interview. Who am I sitting down with? The one and only, the lovely Sophronia Mackenzie. Season two of the Redirection with Terry Carell podcast is brought to you by MasterCard in association with Heineken 0 I'm so excited. Hi, Sophronia. How
1: are you? Hi, Terry. Um, I'm tired. You're tired. Well, I know because you got in. Yesterday You morning. got in yesterday.
0: And I just want to say thank you for taking the trip. Uh, when we sent the invitation to you, you were like, listen, date, time, booking my flight coming. I really appreciate it. I know that you are an extremely busy woman. So to give me your time and your company, yes. I do not take it. For granted. I hope that my Toyota Jamaica family took care of you. (laughs) Yes. Picked you up at the airport, okay, and they're taking you back um, Mm -hmm. um, safely. I met you just recently, Mm -hmm. actually. You engaged me as um, your host for the launch of your baby. I'm, I'm gonna call it your baby, it's your product. Tell my viewers and my listeners more about it.
1: All right, so Vizu Eats, my baby. Um, it is a photo menu app for restaurants. So when you go into the restaurants, you either scan the QR code or you can download our app and you're able to see a picture of the menu items. Mm-hmm. So you're able to eat with your eyes before you even taste it. And then we're building out the platform. So it's a turnkey solution. So you can process your payment, nice. delivery. We've launched reservations already. Nice. So I'm really happy about that. So it's available for download now on the Google Play and App Store. I'm so proud of you. So on the night,
0: we're all gathered there. The room is
1: packed, (laughs) right?
0: You got an amazing turnout from your your guests. And Mm -hmm. you're on the stage, of course, we did our briefings, we did our meetings. And there's one sentence that you said, that stood out the most to me. So we're all seeing the beautiful pictures. We're seeing the app, we're seeing how the app works. And Mm -hmm. we are proud to see you as this Jamaican woman. And for persons who may not know you personally, you are petite, you know? And you kind of said something like, yeah, this girl came to foreign with how much money?
1: $100.
0: $100 in her pocket. And I think in that moment I went, Hold on a second. Yeah. Because a lot of the times we see the glory and the celebration and we see the milestone. But a lot of the times, I don't think we realize the struggle Mm -hmm. and the challenges that people have to learn Mm -hmm. to overcome. So take me back Hmm. to Little Sophronia. In fact, before we even get there, (laughs) did you ever imagine Mm -hmm. that you would be a representation of Caribbean, Black, female tech
1: Hmm. no (laughs) (laughs) short answer no no um but i i did know that i had a Mm calling i i remember vividly when i was in high school and you know in high school you try to identify your identity and i remember and nobody in high school never heard this before but i remember saying to myself because my best friend at the time um rain seville she could sing yes um, everybody
0: knows Rain seville. You're of right. she,
1: she could sing you have others who could dance and i'm like i can't sing i can't <laughs> dance what's my talent yes. yeah. <laughs> uh, so i was like okay how can i like what's my talent to make me you know identify right and um then i said to myself well I like modeling Mm -hmm. so and then I'm always petite and then I also said to myself well like I'm book smart so it was it was between identifying with being being a model and book smart so I said that to say like I always wanted and my mom and uh, my uncle would from I was a little girl always said to me you're a movie star you're a movie star so they would always like affirm me so I knew I had a calling but I just didn't know what that calling was supposed to be Mm -hmm. outside of just helping my family and being the one that stood up but for the the wider community Uh um no i didn't know that at all you
0: touch on a very interesting um um moment there or an issue that we so often overlook the fact that we're we're always trying to find out what we're good at or try to discover ourselves, right? Right. And with the pressure of not just society, but we have teachers and communities, and depending on the communities you're raised in, whether it's church or home sometimes, we feel pressured. Yeah, We feel pressured to either follow in our parents' footsteps or our parents go, well, that looks like a great um, uh, industry for you to get into. And then we see our, or colleagues who seem to be doing so well and they seem to have everything figured out and we're just kinda like, I don't really know. Was it was it pressuring for you to try to figure out what you think you would have wanted to achieve at some point?
1: Um it wasn't. Pressure in that regard. The pressure would come from, for example, if I got a B plus mm. and I would show mommy my report card, she would say, Okay, why well, you never get that A? Yes. What's happened to the A? Good so, old
0: Jamaican parents. Yeah.
1: So it was more from, I knew I had to always do my best because mommy used to always say this mega shame, mega shame, <laughs> mega shame, I'm not God, mega shame. If a teacher would call her because I'm, I'd give trouble in terms of, I I challenge the status quo okay. always in
0: school. Okay, so you were one of those children who the teachers would probably say, um, either back chat yeah. or don't know, just, just shut up. Yeah, and just, just chill. Shut up.
1: Like I have an answer for everything. And if you're going to tell me I can't do this, I'm going to be like, okay, why? Mm-hmm. So even in high school when... Um, mrs harrison at the time who was our principal because yes. i went to Woma's, said our entire fifth form was the worst fifth form ever and we're not going to get our graduation ball and i was like she's not talking to me <laughs> so and that was my first at entrepreneurship where i was like hey girls so we're gonna have our ball and i organized that whole thing sold tickets the whole nine yard so in terms of like the pressure i just knew mm-hmm. um I couldn't shame mummy because she can't go out to and shame. Correct. <laughs> so, correct. like, getting pregnant in high school, all of that jazz, I, I could not. That was just a no-no. My, no. Mom, my mommy, yeah. Nice. It was like a no. Single parent? No, daddy was there daddy? too. Daddy? All right, so talk about the <laughs> dynamics with daddy. That's so funny. Um, daddy's a little girl. His princess. What? You guys <laughs> always are. What's going on? Uh-huh. Yeah, so um, and daddy at the time, he was my best parents Okay. Um, do not get emotional. So in high school, I never really had a good relationship with mommy. Okay. We are besties now, and yeah. I love mommy. I love mommy, I love mommy, I love mommy. But in high school, and I'm her only girl right so in high school i never had the best relationship with mommy yeah because i just felt like no matter what i do it wasn't it It wasn't good good enough enough, right so daddy was my my go-to person Yeah. and then um he eventually left jamaica when i was in i think second form or third form and you know third form is like for me it's like where you really decide are you gonna be a good person or a bad person and I was just trying to find myself. And um, I had a run in with one of the students there and I to- told her a curse word and they called um, mommy Mom. in. And she slapped me in my face in front of everybody. But daddy wasn't there. And I said to myself, if daddy was here, that wouldn't happen to me. Yeah. And there were other things that would happen. And I kept saying, if daddy was here, that wouldn't happen to me. So when daddy was wanting to come back from England and mommy sat me and my two brothers down and she said, your father wants to come back. Um, do you think I should let him come back? And and my, both my brothers said, whatever you guys- Yeah, whatever whatever's comfortable. Whatever you it's, it's you. And I just said, I want my daddy back. And because he was my protector, he was like yeah. my hero. He was like my go-to, like, you can't play with me because if you play with me, I call daddy. Yeah, if you play with me, you're gonna play with daddy too. Yeah, so I, I have a beautiful relationship with my dad no. to this day. And, and my the relationship with my mom changed when I left Jamaica. Tell me about tell me about um, how that
0: relationship. I, I mean, I'm, and I'm going to ask you how you know you took the journey, you went abroad, and how your professional journey starts. But um, let's talk about relationship because um, I've spoken to a couple of uh-huh. of guests who've had to reconcile with the with the parent or with um, uh, a parental authority. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy. No, it's not. It's not easy. How were you able or how are both of you able to release, forgive and heal or mm-hmm. to try to heal? Tell me about that.
1: Okay, so first, because um, I did two two times I went to the U.S. Okay. The very first time was in 2006. And at the time, I was in a relationship with somebody that my mom didn't want me to be in a relationship with. Because before in high school, and I had presented wanting to go away to college because I heard my friends talking about it. And mommy said, no, like her only girl. What? Yeah, you
0: stayed right here. Yeah, and
1: at 15, too, because I finished high school at age 15. Um, so when I presented it back to her in 2006, um, so I was like 19 years old at the time because she didn't want me dating that person immediately yes let me send her out to this country escape go away be <laughs> far right. far away and i literally asked her that question i said like, mommy how did you end up telling me yet because she never had a budget plan nothing because she paid for my college tuition yes. at fiu out of pocket as an international student so that was super <gasps> expensive and she said to me because i didn't want you dating him so i left so i left went to college everything and when i graduated the plan wasn't for me to stay terry in my mind even though right even though when i graduated from university i got a job who was sponsoring me my work visa to eventually my green card wow and i said no i want to come home for more reasons than one and i came back in 2010 And I'll get into that, but to answer your question, so when I came back in 2010 and depression, all of that jazz, then in 2013, October 5th, 2013, I went back and I went with $100 and Five panties to my name, but I stopped saying five panties because I don't want to be known as the Panty Girl. <laughs> but <laughs> literally $100 and five panties in my carry-on suitcase and maybe one or two shoes and a few pieces of clothes because I went back to start my life. So to answer your question, how did that dynamic change? When I went came back in Jamaica and going through a lot, when I went now to the United States in 2013, I knew I was starting from scratch. Scratch, yes. And that claw that my mom would have in me because being her only girl and she was there for her mother and i am this person for you know the family and i'm like i'm starting from scratch my foundation has to be good you mm-hmm. know so before i can even do anything for you my foundation has to be good so it can't be like the typical oh she's there foreign so credit run america so she can buy me this get me this. like i had to put my foot down but Clearly to answer your question in 2014, my mom finally came and visited me and I did not like her behavior. Mm. Like my job, because I was doing door-to-door sales, come yes. people yard and on knock on them on doors, door cold, them cold call call, call knock. It wasn't like a real job to her. So I need to drop her back at the airport, all of that jazz, not trying to plan around my schedule. It was a complete mess. And Terry, I just remembered vividly I said, boundaries, no. I didn't even call it boundaries at the time, but Yeah, because just, we only
0: learn a term. No. Like, no, it's yeah. true,
1: it's true. I literally put my foot down and I called my mom when she was on the way to the airport. And, and I just, I never t- told her any curse words. I never cursed at her, but I, I, I looked at her straight, well, on the phone, phone. And I said, mommy, go in, which is my older brother. He's in Cali. He hardly, you, him talk to me when he want to talk to me. You don't call him, you don't bother him if you ever treat me the way you treat me again that's it that's it you will never ever have access to me ever again like i really just put my foot down and let her know like i am your daughter you are my mother i love you and i love you but our relationship is optional like i have to get me right you cannot do this to me and that's when the the shift started. Wow. Happening and where it's like the respect factor start kicking in for me and then it's so my brother would my younger brother would say it's only Frony alone, you're afraid I know or whatever. (laughs) But it it switched then where just as how I honor her as my mom, she honors me as as her daughter. daughter. Were you shocked that you made that decision?
0: Were you shocked because you really wouldn't know how she would respond to you?
1: No, you know, because when I came back in, when well, in the US um, in twenty thirteen, I almost died when I was in Jamaica. So if this dynamic between her and I don't change, mega dead. <laughs> it's like I'm not gonna evolve. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bloom like how you want me to bloom, mm-hmm. mommy. So it's either I'm alive yes. and we have a great relationship, or I'm alive and we don't talk, or I'm dead because well, it, it's like depression is a thing right you know? and we're gonna and we're because i heard you
0: you i heard you you mention it and but but thank you for answering the question in terms of you know coming to that that point where you identify what the issue is and it yeah. isn't that i don't love you it isn't that i don't honor you but i do not feel valued yeah. and i feel like there's a lot of pressure and, I, and by the way i've heard a lot of i'm an only child Mm-hmm. So I can't relate to any. I don't know. <laughs> but whenever I speak to yeah. women who said that they, they had brothers, mm-hmm. you know they had siblings or maybe they were raised with male cousins even
1: mm-hmm. the,
0: the demand and the expectation mm-hmm. and the pressure that was mm-hmm. put on the girl mm-hmm. was was very different and very evident in comparison to what was put on the boys. The boys were given room to grow, to Mm -hmm. make mistakes. Mm You know, you man, you will come. Mm Y'all got to try out something. But for you, it was, you had to be perfect and you had to be responsible for everyone else. And your success was success for the entire um, family. But not many women are able to say, I love you. But if we're going to continue to do this, mm-hmm. you're going to have to respect the boundaries. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to high school. Go, um, excuse me. I'm going to go back to you getting the opportunity. You, you go to university. What do you choose to study? Because you said you were book smart. Yeah. You were thinking about the model thing. Yeah. But you get to university and you have to know choose subjects that will help to streamline what your career path will look like. So what did you choose for yourself?
1: Accounting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like
0: tech, tech, coding, <laughs> programming, web development, accounting. Yeah. Talk to me about that.
1: Well, I do have an associate's degree in computer science. Mm-hmm. So it's it's funny. Let's go back a little bit. Because I kept the ball yes. at, in fifth form, I didn't get accepted to Woolmers for their sixth form. Like I could check every box in terms of how many, you know, your, your CXCs you're supposed to have and everything. But they were like, no you're not coming to or six four this is
0: because you went ahead Rebellious. with the ball after mrs harrison said yeah y'all are the worst bad Brock picnic ever correct. and you're not having a ball correct also oh, you went ahead so when you were saying that you handled tickets and you put it on mm-hmm. you just went and did that on your own correct
1: it, well, i didn't have almost backing behind me no i did that all on my own like sell them tickets get the hotel um it was i think it was hilton's ballroom at the time mommy was my chaperone and i got um one teacher uh, miss rodney to support me and she came and um as a representative from Omar's. but no so your rebellion yeah. and your action yep. and acting
0: out against the mm-hmm. desires of um the the institution or a particular teacher whatever mm-hmm. the case may be meant that you were now denied access regardless of whether you had the grades or not. Mm -hmm. How did that make you feel? So,
1: um...
0: It's okay, Mama. It's... It's okay. Talk to me.
1: So that was embarrassment for Mommy. The shame. The shame. Like... And we went to the school and I never got accepted, so we had to go back now because she's like, okay, what are we going to do? Because I was 15 at the time. and we were deciding. Okay, am I going to go like Meadowbrook Sixth Form or some other Sixth Form? I don't remember who said it to her, um, but recommended it, IMP, which now turned into UCC uh. um, for for me to go in tech because at the time technology was going to become a thing. Mm-hmm. And we went up to the school, and one of the teacher had said something to me, and you know the shrug the shoulder the attitude, and. I was leaving with mommy and then she slapped me in my face. Did you experience that a lot? No, that was only twice. Because she didn't, she wasn't somebody to beat, but she she was very embarrassed. Like, you know, whatever you do,
0: you do not embarrass embarrass her her, because then you do not know the predict the unpredictability of how she'll respond yeah. to it
1: so I, I don't i want to be clear my mommy's not a, like an abuser but it's like those two were just main things her, and she slapped me in my face and she called me up my name and all that jazz and the reason why i tear it up because you dragged me back yeah i went home and i poured some tanalol in my hand I attempted suicide so um i don't know I called daddy, thankfully he was home, but she, she didn't know how to react to it. I'm yeah. so sorry, mama. It's fine. I'm she didn't so know so how s- to react to it, and so she called daddy and tell him, so she had tried to kill her for herself, cause she took some pill and whatever. So anyways, daddy came home, and he took me to Andrew's hospital, but they didn't know how to handle suicide. So they took me to UA, and then they popped my stomach, and I stayed there for like five days, and four nights did
0: anyone ever suggest because you're young you're yeah. you're a minor mm-hmm. underage um this is a distress signal this is a dis- this is a stressor um did you ever receive therapy therapy counseling um was anyone ever notified um whether it was a guidance counselor how did daddy process that as well because you know it's a dynamic it's a duality it's having two separate parents who manage a child very differently and have very distinct relationships how does he parent as daddy when you are suffering emotionally because of the other parent how how did he parent you during this particular time
1: i would say both of them didn't know how to handle it Mm. and they handled it quite differently because, oh, mommy, I love you so much. She actually came to the hospital to visit me when nobody else was there. I woke up and I saw her and she was like, why you I try kill off yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And then my grandmother, my father's mother, told me how daddy acted. He called her and I'm just ball, i ball. And he just tried to like be there supportive um, for me and just yeah. like talk to me and we walked through the whole situation and what happened. And then that's when Daddy moved out.
0: That's when he. That's when he moved out. I got you. So here it is. You are trying to find the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you decide?
1: So then after that, I got into Vector Technology Institute. All right. Um, being the only female in the class, and graduated at top of the class, and I was doing Mister Jamaica Petite at the time Look as at well, you. and. Um, and then I graduated from there with my associate's degree and then got into Utech yes and then started dating that guy then pivoted to FIU and then did accounting right. so that's where the accounting came in and I and I went away at FIU and studied there for almost three and a half years because I transferred from UTEC to FIU. And And what was that experience
0: like? I always ask students, I studied in Cuba. That's Mm -hmm. where I got my my formal education to study Mm -hmm. veterinary medicine. What what was that um, that period like for you, you know, leaving home
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and now understanding that you have full responsibility Mm -hmm. of yourself, Mm -hmm. your decisions in a land that is... It's foreign, it's not home. What Mm -hmm. was that transition like for you?
1: I couldn't fail. One credit is 500 US dollars and you have to do a minimum of 12 credits per semester. So I couldn't fail my classes. Mommy was paying for this out of pocket. So I never had a university college life experience. For me, it's just book all the way. Beat it. All the way, yeah. Beyond the Dean's List, you know, graduating cum laude. It's like, I could not fail. Mm -hmm. So um, that's it for me, I got it done. And when i graduated at the next step to get a job which i did and um I started working as a staff accountant um in brickell miami and i love brickell then came home <laughs> when you transitioned
0: because that's another transition um yeah. and and we have quite a lot of viewers who are in that that period where mm-hmm. right they're they're coming out of college they are coming out of university and then there's this transition into what we call the real world mm-hmm. the working world the professional world what was like was it hard for you because you seem like the person who goes in very focused very dedicated you probably learn very quickly adapt you're very agile um mm-hmm. what was that like for you now leaving university and now moving into the professional world
1: um <laughs> so I quit. <laughs> I quit the job within six months of working there and came home february 2010 mm-hmm. And I always said this when I came back home. Jamaica box and kicked me, slapped me up wicked. When I came back home in 2010, and I came back home, I was. Um, but and did you quit because you just found the environment was
0: was was not fitting for you? Because yeah. I don't think it's the fact that you aren't capable, right? Because you are a competent. Yeah, you're what we call we call a high
1: performer, high <laughs> Thank achiever. You. Thank you. Um, And is it it that it just wasn't meant for you? So when I was going to FIU, I was a part of um, an honor society called Beta Alpha Psi for accounting. Accounting, finance and um, MIS students, Mm -hmm. management information system students. And there was an experience there being in a part of that honor society that I wanted to replicate in Jamaica, where it provides you networking opportunity with recruiters. It gives you like etiquette skills, you know, um, and get you prepared. Personal development. Personal development. Yeah, that's the term. And I wanted to replicate that. So I started a charity called One Touch Charity from when I was going to FIU and got a group of my um, friends who attended Woolmore's um who was still living in jamaica to try help me to build it out and we had like titles for them and everything like that and then that started getting more demanding too of course and then one night i was talking to one of my best friends at the time and you know she was going through her stage of like you know figuring out life and stuff like that. And when I hung up the phone, the next morning, her sister called me and told me she got raped. Like right after she hung up the phone with me. So I felt like that calling, that yearning for, you know, needing me plus my charity my brother said i came back because of the guy that i was talking to at the time so it was just like a lot of things that was going through my mind and i just felt like this wasn't the space for me here in the us and and you you felt like you had some sort of responsibility to give back correct home correct and i came home and i i say it was before i used to say it was the biggest mistake i've ever made Mm -hmm. but it was lesson that i learned Mm, talk to me about the lesson because you said when you come home you get boxed
0: up and you get beat up talk to me about what that felt like why you felt like that and why you reframed calling it biggest mistake to biggest lesson
1: yeah so when i came back i was pushing my charity, everything, had a concert, all that jazz. And then the nice. home that we were sponsoring um, wasn't into the whole mentorship for the girls and the the, the gifting kind, because we weren't giving them money and they shut that down. And so that broke my heart. I dismantled the whole charity thing, plus the relationship with the team members that I was having. It was it, Yeah, it changed and it was too pressuring. And I shut that down. And then I tried to get a job in corporate you see my heels not allowed in jamaica and i can't set the strictness to me i can't be bothered with it how high heels supposed to be how you're here i can't be like what is that i I need freedom so and that was different from what i was used to overseas yeah so coming here that was too much for me um i remember one company that i worked at they had a whole staff meeting over shoes just because of me um and then i got a job at a bank and the culture at the bank it was horrible and i decided i was going quit end up got to hr and hr asked me why and i tell them about everybody how them behave and then they have this the big, culture yep and they have this big staff meeting because of what i said and then no you know the people them not like me oh. <laughs> so oh. i had to leave that job i was like a hot mess like not navigating people and how to so and then i left that and then i tried to do like a tv show called island breeze where you got to restaurants <laughs> and hot spots and i had no money and we end up creating the pilot and then i pitch it to cvm and then cvm was like i love the concept but, but... you have to reshoot the pilot i'm gonna say a mother woman <laughs> get money from for reshoot this sounds like and i throw that away i was like i was done with that and and I did couldn't... you ever did you ever feel like how can
0: this be me when i have done so well and i have done everything that by right, academically. You're told, go to school, get the grades. Once you get the grades, everyone's gonna want to hire you. You get to choose where you work and then you'll make money, buy the house and you'll live happily ever after. All so lie. at what point were you just like, but this don't make no sense? Or at what point
1: did mommy say, so I spend all of this money <laughs> Yeah, you <for> to <no. laughs> come sit down and like, You know what's so funny, Terry? Like literally after mommy even funding my tuition for university mommy went broke her business start going under like real fast went like real broke and so it became a hard point so at what point do i realize like it's not working out i realized that i would say maybe like 2011 2012 2012 maybe and i fell in depression Wow, like shut down lock away in my room like full depression, eating one time a day because that's what we could afford. Mm. Um, like, no money, we bridge light for how much years? We bridge water for how much years? Like, religiously, every Friday the light man come, forgot the light, religiously. How did you
0: manage this? Because you're still expected to show up in the world. You're still expected that when people happen to see you and they ask you, how are you doing? To say, I'm fine,
1: how are you? To be really glossy. <laughs> I, I I went down to seventy pounds, or seventy nine pounds, I think it was. I went down to seventy nine pounds. Um, the helper one time, Daddy visited, pulled Daddy aside, telling him, tell him that he needs to take me to the doctor. they, they gave me? They, they set out diagnosed me as clinically depressed, gave me tablets. I started taking them but I saw where it was going to get me get high I threw them away. Mommy again never kn- didn't know how to handle it and she oh god was going through her, her, her own phase. My older brother wasn't there but my Grace was my 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 younger brother inshallah. <laughs> yeah. He would religiously come to the room knock on the door and I had to come out the room um in, in Jamaica we call it veranda. Mm-hmm. America, they call it patio. He would literally bring me out there so I get the sun and he would take one of the chair off the veranda and put it on the car porch and he would sit in it and we would just talk, Talk. we would talk. And there was this one time that he said to me, I see your name on a door and you're in your office and he would just speak life into me. Because there was a lot of times that that same suicidal thought would come back but religiously every single day Shalon would come get me out
0: my room that's his check-in and every that's day. his check-up when did you see light when did you finally you hear you're hearing his words but when did you finally see it and feel the light and imagine Sophonia come up here and the first thing Saphona <laughs> says, no tears, Terry, no tears. I get, I've gotten goosebumps because I think sometimes it takes one person yeah. and sometimes we don't even know the impact of our words and how we could save a life
1: by just being present. Sheldon said to me, why you not try your luck again back in the States? But first he said, Canada. And I said, no, it's cold. Oh, I don't yeah. want to go anywhere that it cold. And I get frustrated. And he said, right, why not try Try go back? Jamaica, it just now works for only. Just try going back. That was the first light. Mm. And I said, all right, because one of the things that Shellan used to do too, in, in my activities, he put a, a desk and chair in the hallway yes. near his room. And him say you're smart, you know my sister, you're smart. Because figure out all the wind the lotto, no? <laughs> study the lotto number them. There must be a trend. And him sit me down in the in in the hallway passage, you know, like I, I always said the same. Like have me download the years back of the lotto number them for sit down and try. Study and you're going to crack the code. I am going to crack the code because that was one. Of, in hindsight, now I'm realizing that was one of his things to get my mind busy. Yes,
0: keep it busy. Yeah.
1: So. Um, and I was doing that, but then he mentioned that to me. So then I was like, all right, how can I go back to the US? Mm-hmm. I believe in marriage. So I, I'm not gonna organize a business marriage. I don't, my family's here. There's nobody to file for me. I was getting sponsorship. So I have to do that again. So right. I sat down and, cause the thing knowing it is that that's where I'm getting like slowly Pivoting right, and you're building depression. out, you're yes. building out, you're thinking, you're yeah, going back to you exactly. figuring things out. Right. Nice. So I sit down on I was like, all right, I research companies that sponsor mm-hmm. the US visa, um, sponsor the, the the green card, the yes, worker. Work yeah, the yeah. worker, yeah. So I sit down and I map them out, and I wanted. I tried to go back to, to the States. I was like, I don't want to go to Florida because it's too close to home and too quick for mommy can get access to me. <laughs> like, so won't go far. I actually wanted to go to California. <laughs> but I had nobody Where there. Way the West. Way <laughs> over there. Wow. But I had nobody over there. So I called my cousin at the time. She was transitioning. She told me, no, I can't stay there. I called my sister. She had no space for me to stay. So everybody I called to go no, to New York. There was I a got no, 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 no. Um, and then, I called um, my ex-boyfriend's best friend's wife, aunt <laughs> Your ex
0: Your ex-boyfriend. Best, friend's best friend wives, Wives. Aunt. aunt yo that's deep
1: it's yeah that's deep yeah because she was one of them who always kept checking in on me because nice. i met her when i was going to university and she nice. always checked in on me and i was like i want to come back but i don't have anywhere to stay um do you think i'll be able to stay with you and she had a one bedroom apartment and she told me yes and she had this um couch a yes sofa. the foot yeah, yeah the futon, yeah and she welcome me in so I could stay there and I slept on the couch and so I came back though I came back with a plan. Yes. With my $100, my five pants, and my carry on. Like, I came back and I was like, I am not going to make this mistake again. So that's why it was a mistake at the time. That's what I saw it as. But no, it was a lesson yes. learned, an experience that I had to have. Because everybody told me, don't come back. But I, I don't listen. I do me. And I had to have that experience. I had to have those lessons. Yes. And so I, and, and I, that was where I got the light because of Sheldon saying, go back. And, and Does I he did. know that? Does Sheldon he know knows. that you, the turnaround, the turning point, that he pivot was, he was him? 100%, he knows. Yeah. Um,
0: I think what was profound about the fact that you said you touch bases with your ex-boyfriends, best friends, wife's aunt is because a lot of the times when we get our yes, our yes sometimes comes from places that are so far removed. It, it's not from the immediate circle. It's not necessarily from the family. It's not Correct. necessarily from your the, the closest friends. Correct. But sometimes it comes from people who are not this person, but that person's person's person. Correct. Um, and I think that even though you said it, and I was like, what? Yeah. It is just how profound it is that everyone who was close enough for you to you, mm-hmm. who had a deeper enough relationship with you, who probably, anyone would have expected a yes or an understanding of a, all right, let me see what we can do. Instead, you got the yes from somebody who was just your ex-boyfriend's best friend's (laughs) wife's Wife's aunt. aunt.
1: Yeah, and you see, in that moment too, Terry, what I want to share, those no's that I was getting, it never let me feel defeated because Mm. I knew I had a plan. Yes, You understand me? So I just knew at that time, it's, it's okay the right person Person is going to tell me yes, because I am leaving and I have to leave. And when I go, I have to have a roof over my head, even if it's temporary. So I just knew I needed to find my yes. So when she gave me that yes and I went and it's so funny because at the time she loved me so much, but I couldn't receive her love at the time because she was saying to me you know like if i had money i would like pack a barrel for you so you could go back and sell some clothes yes. and, stuff. and that was her way of loving me you know and then one of the time i was like applying for jobs just to be careful because immigration will catch you and- right so all but so she was a mother she was actually mothering you yes why couldn't you receive it because what her idea and what her plan or thoughts were wasn't the direction that i was going for me need for get my green card and a company going sponsor me my green card. Amen. Now tell me about no barriers for Jamaica. I'm not back. Now tell me about no immigration I got trapped. Me. That's not for me. Like my this is my plan. I am going to get a job that's gonna sponsor me my green card. Beautiful. That's my thing. So that's why I couldn't receive that love at that time. Got you. And it was like maybe two, three years later, because I eventually moved out and we never spoke when I moved out. Um I would never talk for like two, three years. Oh because we left I would say we left on bad terms Mm -hmm. because her way of loving me wasn't a part of my plan and I couldn't receive her love so I don't know if at the time I seemed ungrateful to her Her but and and as, as being mature now, I can say it's her way of loving me because at first I never thought it was love. Got you. So I never received it as love. Got I you. I thought it was a stumbling block. Lord God, what my do, my nervousness. Every time I wash plate, my broke something. Yes. Like I need to run and I need to go. No, because you have propelled me back into the depression what I'm Correct. trying to escape from. Got you. So now being mature and can look back and stuff, I was like, she actually loved me, yeah. but I just couldn't receive her love. So I ended up having conversations with her nice. and we could hash it out and she's a sweetheart. Beautiful. So yeah. you get there with your $100, your five panty, yeah. and
0: your little suitcase. Mm-hmm. And you are now going to try and start a new life, a new plan, um, a new mindset, <laughs> a new approach. Yep. How do we find <laughs> that um company that is going to help you
1: get your... Of Goal. all the jobs, get, it was a sales job, door to door sales. Mm. Of all the jobs in life, and just l- let me show you how God is right. That job and the whole experience. Remember, no, when I was calling people and they're telling me no, that job give me um, a level of resilience. Like in my life right now, at thirty six, sitting here. Terry, tell me some kind can something, man. Just watch me do it. Boy, yeah. That job was, I did that for almost two years where I went in the field. So I applied for a job online. Easy. And it's not easy,
0: disrespectful.
1: Gun draw upon me, dog set upon me, police call upon me, and gun draw upon me multiple times. Um, I got kicked out of my territory with police, all of that jazz, my, my walk snake. Alligator, the whole cause I'm in Florida. The whole nine yards. It's like it was my walk to my foot swell up, black and blue, everything, to get a sale. Rain wet me down to my underwear, like it was it's the hardest when my done like my black, like burned sunburn my ear burn off like I never know sun could have burn your hair like my parch. it was the hardest job in life and i did that for almost two years how did you and i remember you
0: mentioned it earlier because you said your mother basically was like this is not a job
1: correct this is
0: not a real thing where you do take me back when i'm do this <laughs> how were you able mm-hmm. to not deviate from the plan so, how do how did you know that girl this is rough but We have a plan.
1: Yeah. So (laughs) the thing about it is, now, when I got that job, they sold me on the hopes and the dreams, right? And one i told them straight up because any job that i would apply for i let them know my status yes and people would say yeah idiots all oh, you do that but may i let them know because i have no time to waste with you if you're not going to sponsor me let, let me go me to pushing. the next thing yeah so i told them straight up and they said okay this is how you can get your sponsorship you have to get promoted you have to um, recruit how many people and i was doing that and then i said to them like i need to get sponsored and then they said okay what's the process because i was their top seller so uh, either you're going to sponsor me or you're going to lose you're going to lose your assets exactly and then they went through the process with me i got their attorney for them then sign up the documents and that was my first shot there so i got my work visa through a door-to-door sales job of all the jobs in life the one that beat your bad listen i got my work visa through them but the work visa know it have expiration dates on it and at some point in time you need to pivot now to a green card and almost two years in terry i realized i'm not going to get my green card through them and one saturday in july 2015 i said i'm done i didn't have a backup plan i didn't have a i had bills i, I had end up getting a car let me show you how God stayed. you see when i came back it's redirection, right? Yes. So when I came back to the States and I started doing my door-to-door job, the car, the first car that I got was this not the exact same car, but yes. the same model make year of the car that I left.
0: You too. I'm
1: not lying. Of the car, I'm a goosebump. Of the car that I left when I left in 2010, because yes. I left a car whole 90 yard thing. God gave me back. He must have put you back. Like even just with that was really when I started to connect with God, Correct. like start hearing for myself. He gave me back that car. I never have no credit at the time and how I even got it. The girl who was driving, she was doing the door to door. She was going to go back home. I said, let me take over your car payment, payments, please. And that's how I got that car. Jesus. I had to share that because that was like my first part of like really right. hearing him and seeing that he's on this mission with me. And that Saturday in July, I turned to my mommy and I said to her, she was actually visiting me and I said, I'm going to leave this job. And then she said to me, you know what, see if you get something else. What's a plan, yeah. And I said, no. One, and I want to share this, James chapter one in the mm-hmm. Bible verses two to eight, the entire chapter one is something good to read, but read it two to eight. It talks about a doubting man. Yes. That when he's unwavering, God not did so and i sat because i used to read that a lot too i used to read books too in my depression and james chapter one was one of those that i read verses two to eight i used to when i decided i was going to quit that job terry i'ma quit it that same saturday and i went home and i applied again for jobs the same method i left jamaica and applied and applied i quit the job the saturday terry monday morning i got a call no ma'am i got an interview the wednesday no ma'am i went into that interview on that wednesday no ma'am Interviewed interviewed like six people including the president and you know what the president said to me when he was finishing up no he said i hear you keep talking about jamaica and what's your status i said i need sponsorship and he said okay and i got hired on the spot you were asked what is your
0: that to me it's it's amazing the things that people say that stand out to me you are asked what's your status and the typical answer that someone gives is illegal alien um immigrant um undocumented you did not identify as such what you said was i need sponsorship
1: yeah I need sponsorship so he knows what to do. I am no time to, like, I need it. I literally responded to him and said that to him. And he said, okay, um, not a problem. And they hired me on the spot. And I started three weeks later because In what they role? had to. That's my first step into tech. Kidding. What a redirection. But here's the what's so funny about that. Remember I told you I had my associate's degree in computer science. Correct. Remember I told you I had my bachelor's in accounting. Correct. I remember I told you I did door to door. Yes ma'am. He said to me, because they built their own software So so it was a document management solution. So they had their own software. So they needed people to be able to implement that software to their clients. So my associate degree kicked in. So their software integrated in accounting programs. Accounts, baby. (laughs) Kicked in. And then he said to me, if you can do door-to-door sales, you can do this job because you needed to be able to like talk to clients and I, I didn't need to sell them, but I just needed to get it implemented. So that was my very first step into the tech industry.
0: That's amazing. Do you ever have moments of, of silence when you, you look back on the Sophronia who was broken, who was just like, I don't want to be here anymore. I have no value here. And you look at who Sophronia is now?
1: Terry. Based on my experiences and things that I have done, I really. Some people call it like manifestation and Correct. things like that, but God is in me. You know Amen. what I mean? Like we are. Your niece is in here. We are the daughters of a king. Amen. You know what is a king? Amen so if I am the daughter the of a, the yeah if I am the daughter of a king what can I not do what can I not accomplish and it's like and I never always had that thought and I never always had that feeling but when you ask me that question yeah I look back now and I don't just look back at somebody that overcomes thing I look at myself as daddy is a king correct like when you talk to me talk to me proper talk to me nice yeah like (laughs) like what can you tell me that i cannot do because there's so many other things that i've that i've done so even sometimes when my brother asks me to do something and i'll say i cannot do that i'm like that's a lie you can correct yeah, but what can you not do you know what i mean like how can i come to the united states and say i'm going get a green card through a company that's sponsoring me trump win the elections and you know how much people come say you get your thing yet yes you get your thing yet and i was like that's not nothing to do with me you know what i mean like, that's my their part, thing yeah, that's their problem not to, mine nothing to do with so, me so as you were
0: growing your your faith became bigger than your fear correct your faith correct Decided to take over the entire shop. So there really is no space for you. Correct. To sit on fair or to stand on fair. Correct. So you now get this in. You get this promise. Yep. You are going to work. Yep. Because this is a part of your plan. Yep. But when I meet you, you are Sophronia CEO of your own business. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about the transition from I need sponsorship Mm -hmm. to hello ceo launching business
1: <laughs> and you, <no. laughs> you chuckled. <laughs> <laughs> because when that thought even came in i wasn't a resident in the us i still never got my green card and, and no terry i got my green card last year september don't know <laughs> <Don't> no <know. laughs> <Don't> no <know. laughs> yeah so it was a journey i got my green card last year september 9th and I bought a house before I even got my green card. I moved into the house August, and I got a green card September 9th But to answer your question, what month you born? November.
0: I thought you were gonna say April. No, but no. Grandma, my grandmother <laughs> is born in November, and she has the very same gritty personality. You wanna
1: know something funny? I born on my
0: mom's birthday.
1: <laughs> you see that attachment? Wow.
0: And how is mommy know? Beautiful. With everything you guys had your conversations, Beautiful. you spoke to her about your boundaries. You decided you were going to do your plan you stuck to your plan
1: and now she sees the door to door that she was just like this is foolishness to where you are now you know how some people yearn for a man to like send them a good morning message and yes. all of that i look forward to mummies so nice. i had to i had to get mad at her and tell her don't send me no forward no message no <laughs> tailor my message." original yeah man type to me no send me no chain type to me and talk to me and religiously every single morning my mom good morning my beautiful daughter and she just tell me she speak life into me like every single morning that's beautiful yeah man there's all my mother messaged me like there's nothing that i can't conquer amen you know what i mean and she'll pray for me like my mommy like that's my that's my bestie amen well i mean i knew that you just based on how your tra- trajectory,
0: you know, all turned out, and and you launching your product as
1: soon as you got it was it as soon as you got your green card you said all right I'm good now let's let's. No. So what happened was um, in 2018, I got the idea for Visit Eat yes. because um, me and my best friend Jess would always like go out to eat, and I got annoyed of seeing like the paper menus <laughs> because I see pretty picture up on Instagram and video, and when I come to the restaurant, it's like, what to, is this? Yeah, I have to try to figure it out. So then she said to me, "Well, you're in tech, so why don't you do it yourself?" And so it became like, all right cool and i started working on it I, and initially i wanted to pitch it to the company that i was working yes. at so they could
0: build, build it, out. it out
1: right and then somebody said to me why why do that do it yourself so it started to continue and then covid hit in 2020 still not have no green card still working with that company and i was like god you love me you no know? because look how you just solidified the qr code menus Because that wasn't a thing, so I said, "Look, how you just make it easier for me to sell, and let me know expedited, yeah, Yeah. and let me know that I'm on the right track." And then I realized that this company that I'm with, they got sold, and when it comes down to my green card, they're dragging their feet, so again, I have to leave. And I applied for the company that, I, cause I, I still work full time. So I applied for the company that I am at now. And it's the same conversation in the interview when they offered me the position, said, thank you so much. I'm excited to start, but However, I need sponsorship. And they said, okay. I remember my um, vice president said to me, cause the attorney that they got had saying she don't understand how I still in the country. Because my work visa expired. These are godly long.
0: things, baby girl. These are godly <laughs> you things. You are not know, going to understand. Because when God move in, there are many things that are going to happen that's going to con- confound and confuffle and baffle people. Yeah. It's okay, boo. We understand. <laughs> yeah,
1: she's literally, and I had to say that to her. I said, my journey is different. Don't try to, I literally, in an email, said, my journey is different. Don't try to question it. Don't try to understand it. She almost did not let the company sponsor me because they she was saying to them like there's a possibility that i would have to leave the country and i would have to work at a com a country in a country where they are located Yeah, the investment is just it's just it's just too much it's a hassle correct and then the vp said to me well if you have a move to go japan i'll come with you and they transferred all of my documents to them and sponsored me and go through that process with me and i started working with them in 2021. 2022 yeah because we're in 2023 now live 2021 yes. yes i started working with them still no green cards still pushing out visit eats so at this point no i'm working remotely so no it affords me the time to put more energy into, into. your thing and i will say this to anybody who is listening use your nine to five to fund your dream do no, knock your 95, use your 95 to, to fund your dream till your dream is at a point no where you can't quit. Um, I appreciate that point, by the way. Yeah. Because
0: a lot of the times on social media, it almost seems as if there is some kind of shaming yeah. going on because there's nothing wrong with entrepreneurship. The right. world needs entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think uh, people also understand in this whole shaming um, argument that even when you become an entrepreneur, you then have to hire people and you create a nine-to-five Correct. around and for other people. And Correct. so I appreciate when you said, don't knock your nine-to-five. No, man. Use be grateful it. and mm-hmm. be smart and mm-hmm. be strategic about mm-hmm. how mm-hmm.
1: you use that mm-hmm. to help
0: fund, you your know, fund your dream. That's Correct. beautiful. Yeah,
1: because um, it, it, it makes it better for you, mm-hmm. you know, and some of the tools and lessons that you're learning in your nine-to-five, you can apply that to your company mm-hmm. as well, you know. And so with that, here I am now. I'm in programs i was even just talking to gabby telling her that you know there is accelerator programs they can apply for and things like that and i still never had my residency and i got grants not necessarily government grants because you have to be a citizen Correct. but that helped pump into to visit and help fund it too um but I, I never waited until after i got my green card for visit i kept going you know i think what your journey and just listening to you speak um
0: what resonated in me is also that even if you're faithful even if you believe in your God, you know that he is your Alpha and Omega. Even if you submit your life, your dreams, your goals, your, you know, where you plant your feet to him, you still have to do the work. Yes, you have and to. And so it's not just sitting down and praying and knowing that mm-hmm. God will deliver, but also meeting him mm-hmm. at a place where when he looks at the work you've done, mm-hmm. he says, you are ready for mm-hmm. me to honor you and to bless you with more because look at what you have done yeah. with less.
1: Because remember the Bible said in a faith without works is dead. Cool. Cool, and and, and for me me, i feel like god amplifies yes the work that i'm putting in because i write goals you know i write down goals i'll set the, the year what i want and then i like going back and i realize i don't accomplish it in this year but accomplish it two three years later and it's, that's like you're, you're on your path that's your you journey know? yeah that's your journey yeah my two and by the way thank you for being
0: so open
1: um you're welcome
0: i think people underestimate the power of their story mm-hmm. and i know just by sitting in this seat and listening to you speak, I know that persons are going to be like, yo, Mm
1: -hmm. what
0: a warrior. And what she has been able to do has stirred up Mm -hmm. some fire inside of me. My last two questions for you. Um, I mean, I picked out a priceless moment while you were speaking, but of all the struggles, the challenges, the pivoting, the redirection, the trying to figure out, Mm -hmm. the withdrawal, the going forward, what was probably one of your most meaningful life moments or experiences? One of your most priceless moments.
1: Hmm. There there's like so many to to choose from. Or so many. Um I would say that when I wanted to buy my house, um I wrote down all the like the criteria, my must-haves yes. or my like to-haves for my house. I remember I you know my Telsa McCormick with hundred dollars Correct, you know, and five and and five and um and my first house that i bought is almost a million dollars and it's brand new and i'm the first person that living in there and i bought my house like nine basically nine years later and i got moved in i got the keys august 9th and i got my green card september 9th congratulations so you were able to pull that off on my own i know no husband not knocking it all no God. but this is your story this yeah. is just it's just been you yeah 100 me and 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 I, and I lost friends on the way and stuff like that but typically when you come to america and you're going by your first house you're not going to where you go with brand new house and in the climate that we're Correct. in you know with high interest rates and stuff like that but i qualified flying colors Amen. you know and the only thing on my checklist that i didn't get from a host was to have um um a window that i can open in my bathroom
0: wow but everything else everything checked off my final question to you you've experienced so much um i hope that you'll have the opportunity to speak to a lot of girls that you will go back to being able to be given a platform where you can achieve the goal that you wanted for your charity, because your charity was a one touch. And it's because I believe that, you know, maybe you had to dismantle it or put it down to the side. But I think what you have experienced and the insight that you have, not just here, but America, but it's also a career, it's professional, it's personal, it's depression, it's coming out of depression, it's family, it's forgiveness, it's healing, it's trauma. I believe your story will touch And this interview will touch many, many, many people beyond even what you would have wanted years before. So the final question for you is, what is your definition? Having lived it, seen it, breathed it, what is your your definition of redirection?
1: I would say it goes to James too. Mm James chapter one, verses two two to eight, eight. it really, when it comes on to redirection, I would define redirection as 100% unwavering faith. Pivot and pivot quickly and just 100% faith. Because at the end of the day, when you, you get redirected and you look back, whatever path that you were supposed to be on, you can go back on your path. You're going to go back on your path, but you needed to get some type of tool. You needed to build some type of character. You needed to meet somebody, mm-hmm. something to, to, to make you get where you need to go. But you have to do it with 100 percent faith and you don't be a victim. Don't be a victim. Cry if you must, even the other day, when I'm in my closet, I'm a ball on the whole place. <laughs> but you have to pick up yourself. You know what i mean and when you pick up yourself gotta pick you up too and have one not even an inkling of a doubt don't even say but you're going to do it and you're going to get it done just like when i said that i was gonna get my green card my uh, going back on that path and get redirected because I left and I get redirected as I go back on my path. I never say, um, I wonder if I go and get my green card or
0: this will go hard, but yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: or I'm on the path now and see Donald Trump coming so I might not get it, but I can go marry somebody like no, like stick to it. Unwavering. Unwavering faith and just watch it unfold Mm -hmm. in right in front of your eyes. So that's what I would define it as. And what I will add to that to
0: your unwavering is do not compromise no matter how many times you are redirected even when I heard you speak about the different moments where the life and the trajectory went like this you never compromised on who you were and what you wanted and you are still going to do it the way and the, in the manner in which you thought was one of integrity Yeah, and that I think is one of the the sweet things about your story. I think I could have sat down and I could have spoken to Sophronia um, all day. I think it was just, an, it's such a remarkable story. Thank you, um, and again, this literally was just at an event that I was hosting, I was hosting her launch and she just went up to welcome everyone and to just tell everyone she was excited. And she just kind of said, this little girl with $100, go far in and look at that. And I'm so happy that that moment led you to the redirection seat with me guys i don't know about you i thought it was such an amazing interview such an amazing story so you know what you need to do right (laughs) when something nice and something sweet do not keep it to yourself share it Mm -hmm. if you know somebody who you know needs to hear this kind of story somebody who needs to be picked up and dusted off that they can try again please go ahead. If you're watching this on YouTube, please go ahead, subscribe, turn on the notifications so that you do not miss the other episodes that are to come. And of course, if you're listening uh, on your preferred uh, podcast platforms at PPPPP, please go ahead, leave your reviews, give us the ratings, give us your feedback. And of course, use the hashtag TK Redirection in your conversation. Thank you as always for sticking, for staying, for joining us. And Sophonia, we wish you (laughs) joining mercies. Thank we you, wish that um, everything that you have for yourself and everything that you speak over your life. Thank you, sir. We, we, we're not going to say we hope it will come to pass. We already know it is done. It is. Fun. We decree <laughs> and we declare it. So until yeah. Sunday, until next Sunday, I should say bye, guys. Take care. Thanks to our partners, MasterCard. Heineken Zero Zero, Toyota Jamaica, Spaces, Commercial Concepts, Breshe, Beauty Brands by MDS, and Go Shore Courier.